Hi guys, welcome to episode 27 of the Man V Fat podcast. Well, this is the big one guys. We are at the Etihad campus, the home of Manchester City. It's the best training facilities in Europe, possibly the world. Um, we've been given our own room to do podcasts, which is like amazing. So we just sat there. I am here with Eva, with Roman. Producer extraordinaire. The dream is alive today, Stu, because this room is epic. It's like we've got our own studio. It's yeah. Epic. Yeah. Quite happy today. Yeah. And we're also joined by guest presenter. He's been in and out. Yeah, I'm back. Ross Hunter. <laughs> how are you? I'm good, mate. How are you? So when we walked through the door today at the Etihad campus and we, we, you know, parked up in the staff car park, we walked through and we were like, when you guys come together, didn't you? I was a bit earlier. Um, I was particularly blown away by what's going to take place here today. It is impressive. It's very impressive. Um, it dwarfs St George's Park. Yeah, it dwarfs the home of England in a way, doesn't it? Which is really a mad thing to say. Um, it's, it's just amazing when you're walking around. There's stalls, there's um, you know different guys who were chatting. Um, we've got guys who were coming on uh, doing talks. Um, we've got some amazing losers telling us their stories. Uh, as you know, guys who were at the tournament can come and listen to their stories. Uh, we've had a couple of them guys. Josh Deegan's going to do a talk who we have had on the podcast a couple of times. Yeah. I think we like to think, uh, Josh, when you listen to this, we made you, mate. <laughs> we made you a star. We got you this gig. That's it. Um, but yeah, it's like, it's incredible. And if, if you're listening to this, guys, and you, and you were here, you were here at the time. You know, I'm sure you will be blown away. Um, so basically, this this podcast, what we're going to do is, we've got a couple of guys we're going to interview, a couple of special guests. Yeah. Uh, and then Roman and Ross are going to go, and we're, you're going to be talking to some players, getting their stories. Yeah, we're going to do the rounds, aren't we, Ross? We're yeah, gonna, running off. We are. We're going to leave the room, leave our studio, as it were, and we're going to go right into the action. Um, talking to the players coming off the field, going on to the field, how they're experiencing the day. We're also going to try and catch up with the, the guys who have, have um, set up the stalls. I think I counted about six out there, mm. um, all quite good as well. So hopefully say, you know, ask why they've come down here and what they um, perceive man versus fat out of. Um, but yeah, I'm, I really can't wait for the next uh, few hours. It should be good we're going to be running around a bit, aren't we? Um, so I hope we've spoke to most people by the end of the day, um, even if it is just a couple of minutes. But yeah, this should be should be good fun, this. Yeah, we've also got cameras set up as well, so you might just get a little snippet of um, of us. Good, good stuff. So what we will um, we'll be in and out basically, guys. So bear with us. We'll be cutting in and out. Different different people we're going to be talking to. So yeah, hope you enjoy the podcast. Um, You'll hear from us a little bit later. Hi guys, we're here with Alex Williams, MBE. Yep. So Alex is a former Man City player. You currently work as a community ambassador for Manchester City. Just tell us a little bit about your current role and the, the things that the Man City do in the community. Yeah, it's um, so. first of all, it's a great role and proud and privileged to do it. And it's very varied and that's what I like about the job. Um, you know, I have four main strands. One is I work closely with all the fans. Uh, I visit a lot of support clubs around the country. Um, very privileged and lucky. I've been to Melbourne, Australia recently in Chicago, uh, Washington, D.C. So I do get to travel internationally as well. Um, 
I also do a lot of work with partners. So um, the foundation, we need to generate X number of pounds to survive. We get most of that from the Premier League and the PFA um, TV funds, but we have to generate our own income. So we speak to partners, sponsors. Uh, that's a big part of my role as well. Um, we also do a lot of football coaching. So again, I travel around the world in football coaching. I do chats in schools about um, self-esteem, um, around racism in football, and basically anything the club wants me to do. Yesterday, I was actually at a funeral. Um, one of our participants in our disability football um, session actually unfortunately passed away. So um, the lad who runs our disability football session has gone along, and I supported him at the funeral. So I do all sorts of all sorts of things for the club, and the variety is what I love about it. Yeah. So every day is kind of different. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, the club was founded in 1880 on um, supporting its local community and from St. Mark's Church, West Gorton, and we've kept that ethos right through. So CITC is the club's uh, registered foundation. We do all the outreach work. I've been involved with it for over 30 years, coinciding with my uh, finishing my playing career as a goalkeeper. And um, it's great what we do. We use the brand of the, the badge to engage people and through health, education, inclusion, um, we have about 40 projects which mix in with those three and we go out and deliver those and help young people of uh, Great Lanchester. Wow, it's really impressive that, yes. that I think the, the, the thing that really stuck out to me is obviously if anybody knows a little bit of history about Manchester City, how it was founded at St Mark's yeah. and um, it was it was founded on the basis of as a leisure activity for people yeah. who were working in mills, yeah. people who had terrible health and yeah. all kinds of issues that happened in the 1800s um, and it's really it's really great that, that still runs through the club today yeah. uh, like you, you were talking a little bit about going to schools and talking about self-esteem yeah. with the kids like what kind of reaction do you get get from the, the kids to go into schools uh, it's very interesting i think one of the biggest things i found when i go into schools um, is kids sort of don't really push their ambitions you know they just want to leave school and try and get a job well you know, there's no reason why they can't be successful, you know, go on and have super careers, um, go on to college, uh, further education, university, you know, no reason why they can't be a doctor, lawyer, have their own business, you know, and the, the message I get over to them is don't set your sights too low, you can do anything you want, if, as long as you persevere, you try hard enough. Oh, so that's really impressive, isn't it? Yeah. And I think the thing is, um, as, as fans of, of football, it's probably a side of clubs um, that you don't see as often as no. you know we all love watching the <laughs> Premier League and the superstars and, and the amazing football that City play and the great goal to score and you know but you don't really see the community side of, of yeah. football clubs and there's some really good community projects yeah. that football clubs do out there obviously Man V Fat you know we have we work closely with, with football clubs up and down the country uh, delivering Man V Fat sessions and stuff like that and it's amazing that you know an international brand like yeah. Manchester City is still um, it's hard it's still in Grassroots. Manchester yeah I mean we've been fortunate because I said here in Manchester we've been running the project for over 30 years now uh, we've now developed um, projects at uh, New York City FC Melbourne City FC and we've also got something called Citizens Giving where we support uh, international projects around the world and the young people from those areas of the world deliver the, the projects so it could be a project around HIV, it could be a project about uh, cleanliness, it could be something to do with sexual health, you know, so we use the power of football and the young people in those parts of the world 
we fund them for three years and they deliver through football, get those social messages over and it's great. And that's one of the reasons I've been doing the traveling because we go out and sort of um, tutor up the young people so they can deliver those projects to a standard that we're happy with. Oh, that's really impressive. It is massive. Yeah. It's really good. It's really yeah. impressive. It's really yeah. impressive. Uh, and I suppose, you know, we all, like I say, we all love football and, and football's a great leveller. Yeah. Isn't it? it? You know, it doesn't matter whether, and we we find that in our leagues as well. We've got guys who are, um, particularly, I coach the Manchester League, and we've got guys who are bricklayers, and I've yeah. got guys who are lawyers, yeah. and they all play together, and they all want to lose weight together, yeah. and they all want the same <coughs> pulling in the same direction, and it's, it is really, um, it is a great thing when you, you see people that probably wouldn't usually mix, being brought together by football. Um, and obviously with the, with the community projects that, that City do. Yeah, I mean, we recently tried to address um, how we can work with local residents who are not necessarily football fans. And there's a couple of things that uh, we've done recently. One is uh, for some local carers, we've um, arranged a meeting here for them and we take them out on walk. So it just gets them away from looking after their mainly it's their parents, the mums and dads who are quite poorly, so they're staying at home now looking after them. So that's a new project we've got involved with. Uh, the other big one is walking football. So we work with men and, uh, men and women who are over 50. Uh, they meet twice a week, um, have a walking football session, although some of them, you would question whether it's walking football. Some of them are on the border, borderline of running. But it's a great activity. One, it's very uh, physically demanding. I've actually played it and I thought, oh, that's a doddle. It's very, very hard. But two, it's the social aspect of it as well yeah. because um, we've had some gentlemen come along and they've recently lost their wives who they've you know, been with for many, many years. They've got loose end. They don't know what to do with themselves. So it's the social aspect. It gets them out of the house, gets them talking. If they've got any health issues, they're more likely to speak to a, one of their footballing friends. You know, and um, if need be, we can get the professional agencies to come along and visit those sessions and, and talk to the, the men and, and the women as well. So it's a great vehicle to get people involved with. Yeah, walking footballs. Uh, I've I've watched a couple of games on it. Have you? I was yeah. I was always just wondering what. How can you stop yourself from? I run a lot. How do you stop yourself from running? If that ball's just that little bit out of the way. <laughs> well, I think the the old thing is a lot of people don't. I think that's the thing. From what I watched in uh, it was at a, a local gym that I went to, and they were playing walking football. And I thought, oh, that's really interesting. Uh, it was really like it was yeah. quite brutal. <laughs> the ref was blowing for fouls. They do take it really serious. Yeah. 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 I think he's really impressive. Like, I'll have to know. go and I'll have to have a watch for some of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. We'll, we'll give us a few years. And <laughs> we'll be we'll, 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 we'll we'll football. <laughs> so I was going to ask you, Alex, just around, how, come, how did you get into the um, community ambassador role? Um, well, as I said, I, luckily I played for the club in the early 80s. Yeah. I played over 145 games and uh, I had a disc problem, which I had an operation and stopped me playing. So, you know, luckily at that time, the club had just started its community scheme. So... Um, I initially finished my playing career at Port Vale in Stoke and it coincided with the start of Man City. I think it was six months into their community scheme at the time and then I went there as a member of staff back to the club city and then uh, it sort of evolved from there. Excellent. Um, but it, it's great because, you know, I, I was born in Moss Side, which was the uh, area of the old Main Road Stadium. So I've always kept that link with the club and I've had an association now for... Um, I actually signed school board forms, I think it was 41 years ago, and other than two years, I've been associated with the club ever since, so um, it's just great, yeah. Excellent. Oh, really impressive. 
I was going to um, ask around around your injury, if, yeah. that, if that's all right, yeah, talk sure. about that, just because um, I know with the man v fat, um, I myself got a grade three tear in my calf yeah. playing football, um, and it's I think from from where we are on that point is it's a lot of guys coming back to exercise yeah. that probably haven't exercised yeah. for a while. Yeah. And then when you start getting back into your exercise and you, you are really yeah. starting to see the benefits of obviously yeah. the weight loss, et cetera, um, your esteem goes yeah. up because of all your yeah. endorphins, et cetera, but then you get that injury and it's yeah. you, you see it, um, I'm sure you do as a coach coming in, you mm. see that injury and just it just the self-esteem yeah. plummets. Yeah. I was just wondering around from that point of view, how did you kind of cope with that? It, it's thing? very difficult and a lot of players struggle with it. You know. Um, I only really ever had two injuries. One was an ingrowing toenail, which was a common um, <laughs> complaint for footballers, wearing the boots so tight. And the other one was a slip disc, which stopped, eventually stopped me playing yeah. uh, altogether. I, when I actually stopped playing football, I was almost relieved because I tried to persevere for about 12 months. Right, I was yeah. only 70% fit. And at the time, I was playing at Port Vale. And I knew, one, I was letting myself down. Two, I was letting the teammates down. And two, I was letting the fans down. And um, I just thought, well, if I can't play, there's no point persevering, possibly making it worse. Um, so I just stopped playing and then um, started doing the community work. But it's a big thing mentally because, you know, I'm very strong-minded, but a lot of other footballers are not. Yeah. You hear stories of players, once they stop playing, they go to drink or gambling. Uh, and it really is a, a mental issue. But luckily, I, I didn't really have that because I was mentally quite strong. But... There's a lot of uh, support mechanisms in place today through PFA Premier League and um, lots of uh, men, um, agencies out there that specialise in mental health who are there to support players today. Excellent. Fantastic. So you, um, like say, 154 appearances for Man yeah. City. Yeah. Uh, you also uh, played for England on 21s. Yeah, I you did. won a European Championship. I did, yeah. I'm Excellent. really proud of that because we are still the last England on 21 squad to win European Championship. <laughs> and I remember two European Championships. Uh, one was about 10 years ago when Joe Hart was in the England on 21 squad and they played Germany in the final. And I actually thought they were going to win it. And I sent uh, the goalkeeping coach, Martin Thomas, uh, a text saying, tell Joe no pressure. <laughs> I was in the last squad. <laughs> and they actually got battered. I think it was 5-0 or 5-1 by the German team. who I think a couple of years later went on to win the win World, World Cup. Cup yeah. yeah, so they had a hell of a squad, the Germans. And then I think just this summer, they were involved in the 21s again, but they, they actually got beaten the two games they played, I think. So yeah. um, I was disappointed they didn't win it. But it is still great. That I yeah, you state. still got that. I was uh, in the last of the 21 squad to win the European Championship. And somewhere I've got at home, I've got an England under 18 European Championship medal and an under 21 wow. Championship medal. Um, my mum's probably got stuck away somewhere. She probably doesn't even know what they are. And one of my England caps when I was a kid, my dad used to work at Wars when he was alive, bless him. And then it was raining one day and he didn't know what he was. And he put the cap on and I came downstairs and the England cap was gone. So I said, Mum, that's a cap, okay. Dad come home at the end of the day and he Alex, his cap's rubbish, I'm soaked. He's, he just thought he was like a cap. That's amazing, but he seems like I suppose it keeps you grounded yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. 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 bless him, he didn't know what he was. Yeah. <laughs> so who played in, in that that uh, your um under twenty one when he signed? Um, who was had, a standout guys? We had a great squad. Um I'm trying to think it's Stephen Martin who was at Everton, Liverpool, Dave Watson, Sarah. Everton Liverpool. Um, Gary Bailey was the main goalkeeper. He was at United. I was my role was mainly understudy to him. Um, Mark Haitley, who played Coventry and Rangers. 
uh, we had a fantastic squad. And the reason we won it, I think the old, this is the main reason, is the squads today don't, in my opinion, don't pick the top under-21 players. If, if they've been playing for quite some time in the first team, they tend to leave them for the full England team. Right. But I think if they were to pick their top under-21 players today, they would win it. Yeah. But that's the big difference. It's not that we were better than the players of today. Yeah. It's that our squad had the elite players. It's interesting you should say that because I think from the time I remember the, 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 the one that Joe Hart played in, yeah. the German side picked... Yeah. If you were if you were yeah. that age, you just got pitched. Whether you were playing yeah. for Germany or not, yeah. Uh, yeah. and obviously they went on to to, yeah. to do great things. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. Yeah. Actually, that you know you should. Yeah. And that's no disrespect to the mm. people they picked today. I, I don't mean to be disrespectful to them, but if you're picking the strongest team, then you can have the best chance. Yeah. Yeah. So what's it like you say with the German team? If you if you're playing together at that level, yeah. and then you move up at the yeah. same kind of age range, yeah. you're going to have a really good yeah. kind of yeah. camaraderie and team. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that's. Quite evident that Southgate's trying to do it. a similar kind of yeah. thing, obviously, with his yeah. work with under 21s. Yeah. Uh, and you can kind of see him trying to bring that through into the current England side. Yeah. So, uh, when you were at your time at Man City, yeah. who was who was the standout players then? Um, we had players like Paul Power, um, I'm trying to think, Tommy Hutchinson, Jerry Gow, um, Trevor Francis was one of the first million pound players, uh, Mick McCarthy, who has been currently uh, manager of Republic of Ireland, was the setter half. Um, we had a lot of good homegrown talent as well mm. in the team. People like Steve Kinsey, Andy May, your names might not mean a lot to people. Clive Wilson, who went on to play, I think, for Chelsea and Tottenham, left back. You know, we had good players, but you know, not the calibre of players that they've got here today. I mean, yeah. we were just discussing that earlier on. I mean, the players we've got today are absolutely phenomenal. But to be fair, we did okay. You know, um, people like Gordon Smith played, who was a good player, uh, came from Brighton, uh, the Scottish player. and. Um, he was a brilliant player, but unfortunately, he's going to ever be remembered for one thing when he played for Brighton in the cup final against United. It was the last kick of the game, and he had open net, missed it. And he so, missed it, uh, yeah. yeah. But that's, you know, it's like Tommy Hutchinson when he played in the cup final. He was a great player for us, and he, he got a ricochet off him, which went in, and then the replay Tottenham moves in the replay. So yeah. it's just one of those. That things. was the, the, was that the Ricky Veer goal? Was it, it was, yeah. The replay was the Ricky Veer goal. And funny enough, I always tell this story. That season at Tottenham, Joe Corrigan got injured, so I played in the league game at Tottenham, and we won 2-1. Yeah. So I do always tell people, had John Bond picked me for the FA Cup final, who knows? Who knows, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at the very least, you just yeah. wipe him right so, out. Sorry about that, big yeah, 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 yeah. That's amazing. Have you ever seen that goal? No. Oh, that's oh, an amazing yeah. goal. It's a bit like the... Uh, Madonna thing when he oh, yeah. Right, okay. yeah. yeah, it just yeah. like, takes us one on then. He's just putting people down, yeah. just sitting them down, left, right, yeah. centre. There was proper tackles back in them days. Oh, yeah. Right. oh they, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was about to get cleaned out. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So, what, sorry. Sorry, go on, Ross. I was just going to say, so what was your proudest moment in football? Um, outside, of the, outside of the ambassador role, because I bet there's some really good moments. Outside of well. football? Um, no, sorry, in, in football. In football, I think um, one of them was my debut in 1981 when we beat West Brom at home 2 1, so that was great. And the other one, of course, was when we beat Charlton Athletic last game of one season. I think it was 83, 84, 84, 85 season, last game of the season. And uh, we had to win, and we won about 60 odd thousand at Main Road, and we won 5 1. And after about the third goal, you could. In those days, you could take uh, alcohol into the stand and you could physically hear people opening champagne <laughs> bottles uh, as we scored the third goal. I think we were 3-0 up at the time, Cruz, and they got late consolation. 
but they were my two highlights, um, you know, which made up for probably the lowest time of my uh, career a couple of years earlier. <laughs> You're probably going to ask that now. Aren't you? <laughs> what, what, what was the, what was the low point then? Uh, the low point was two years earlier. Again, last game of the season, we played Luton Town and Main Road, and we only needed a point to stay up. And they had a player called Reddy Antishu. I think had never scored a goal, a free kick specialist. And I punched a ball out from a corner, and he hit it on the half volley from about 25 yards. It flew in the bottom corner, and they beat us one 0 and we went down. And the worst thing about that season was. At the early part of the season, when we took the league, um, then I started to play. <laughs> <laughs> and we were never, ever, at any stage of the season, in the bottom three until oh, after no. the last game. Yeah, and we went down on goal difference. So it was a killer. That's the worst, the worst way, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, that, that was us all over in them days. We, we were so dramatic, everything we did. It was the last game of the season and everything was on it. I think... Yeah. I, I, I think when you when you speak to 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 City fans, particularly ones who who were going in them days, yeah. they've always got that element of well, anything could happen. Yeah. Because and it, I think it stems from them kind of days yeah, City yeah. fans, doesn't it? It does. I mean, uh, over the years, ever, since that game and up to about ten years later, there was always dramatic things where it was the last game of the season where we were to win or to lose. You know, there was always something on it. But that was part of being a City fan in them days. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think they, I think they was a, they definitely a struggle to adjust it yeah. when you know when City did really well yeah. currently as well um, and you know I think particularly what guys who I know who are City fans obviously living locally um, and they're always kind of think well, around the corner this is City anything could happen <laughs> well I think the biggest one of course was Gilling given the cup final yeah. you know, yeah. when we were I think it was 2-1 down and after City fans had left I actually stayed because my missus said to me um oh, let's go and let's get the train and whatever, drive back and beat the rush. And I went, no, I'm going to stay and clap them even if yeah. get yeah. And then, of course, let's just say the rest is history. Yeah, well, that was a, a big turning point. Because yeah. a lot of people, a lot of guys who I know, who, who absolutely besotted with City and loved it yeah. and were going back then, say, if they're not won that game, we probably never yeah, would have Yeah, you're right. We probably mm. wouldn't be where we are today. And, I mean, Paul Dickoff got a lot of credit for it. I think he scored the equaliser. But um, I think Nicky Weaver was a big hero that day as well, mm. saving the penalties. Yeah, yeah. It's incredible, isn't it? How, how the, the fortunes of a club can just yeah. Yeah. on the toss yeah. of a coin, essentially. Yeah. One thing I kind of picked up from that then is, it, do you know, I've, I mean, we've, we all play football in the room, obviously not, nowhere near yeah, to your yeah. standard. And it's the, the part that I kind of forget is when I'm talking to yourself, yeah. it feels like we're just talking about having a kick around the football. Yeah. And But when I, it's all like the fans and everything and all yeah. that kind of piece. And yeah. I get enough stick off you if I'm playing football and miss kick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Never mind when yeah. you've got thousands of fans behind you. Yeah. Yeah. I, think it's I just suppose incredible. that's where your mental health, uh, your mental yeah. strongness. Yeah, it does. I mean, it, it's difficult because fans are very fickle, you know, I mean, I remember walking uh, into the ground. We played Shrewsbury away one year, and uh, one of the fans was saying, "Alex, sing one of the one brilliant." And I think we drew what we got beat. I was coming out, and he was giving me sticks. <laughs> but that's what it's like. Uh, but it, that's football for you. I mean, you know, people pay the money, and then you know, as long as it doesn't get personal, then yeah, yeah. I suppose I think goalkeepers have to have that little bit extra as well, don't they? Because because a mistake can cost a goal. Yeah, I mean, that and the fact that I can't run away from whoever's he's giving the stick because <laughs> I'm the goalie, you know. I, yeah. I can't go and play up front, you know, and yeah. get out of the way. There's no hiding in Yeah, there. yeah. But um, it's just the way it goes. I mean, sometimes they shout good things, sometimes they shout bad things, sometimes they shout funny things, you know, and yeah. you know, turn around and you laugh, you know, yeah. 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 
out of the current crop, Premier League goalkeepers, European goalkeepers, who, who stands out? Obviously, Edison at City's in, in Yeah, this. and obviously, the, the land of Liverpool, Alisson as well. The, the, you know, the hair you'd have to put in that bracket as well, although he didn't have such a good season last season. But mm. one of the things I'm proudest of is um, I worked in our academy for about 15, 20 years as a goalkeeper coach when I had to stop playing. Um, so I finished that about five years ago because I'm just too busy at the moment and it's sort of changed now anyway. But um, whilst I was the academy goalkeeping coach, uh, I've worked with uh, Daniel Grimshaw, who's now just broken into the squad here at City. As I finished, he was like under nines, under tens. He's now about six foot five and he's on the fringe of being in the squad. Um, I've also worked with Casper um, Schmeichel, he was there, and uh, Wayne Hennessy, Crystal Palace and Wolves. So they've all come through the academy when I was their goalkeeper coach. Um, the weird thing about Casper was he was a brilliant lad to work with. But even more area was everything I did stood on the touchline watching. Everything I do, did was what, probably one of the greatest ever goalkeepers of all time, yeah. his father Peter. And to be fair to Peter, he was an absolute gentleman. He never stuck his nose in and after every session, he came up to me and said, thanks very much. He was top, yeah. top draw pitch, Michael, as was his son Casper. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was. So who was the, the best person you've played or best player you've played with? and the best play you've played against? Um, I would probably have to say with would be Trevor Francis. He's one of the first million pound players. Yeah. You know, I was just breaking into the team. He was brilliant at giving me help and support. Um, great lad. Um, best player I've played against, probably in anger, was Kenny Dalglish. He was world class. World class player. And I still see him today and we have a bit of a laugh and a joke. <laughs> He's got a very dry sense of humour. Um, but, Another player I played with in his twilight years, it wasn't a serious game, uh, there was a testimonial game at Old Trafford, so it was an old City team for an old United team, and George Best actually played against us um, for United, and I remember we met at the Copthorne Hotel next to Old Trafford, and we got a minibus from there to Old Trafford, and there must have been 10,000 people around the minibus, and the only person they wanted to see was George Best. The other 12 of us made up as well. Could have been anybody in that video. Could have been anybody. You know, know, and just to experience that and see it, it was, you know, we actually drew the game 3-3, I think it was. Um, But even then, we're talking about seriousness. I remember Tony Buck was playing and I think we pulled it back to 3-3 about two minutes ago and he just turned around to me and went, no more goals, no more goals. And I went, <laughs> no worries. Yeah, no yeah. Okay. <laughs> what? Well, um, obviously, we work with with the the goalkeepers coming through in the academy. Yeah. Um, a lot of our lads, obviously, we have specialist goalkeepers in our yeah. teams. What three things, three tips would you say when you're playing small sided six aside games? What three things would you say that goalkeepers need to remember? Uh, first, is to enjoy it. You know, if you don't enjoy yeah. it, I don't think you can do your best. So just to enjoy it. Um, it's difficult because I think it's a different mindset playing five-a-side. I used to actually hate playing five-a-side because I'm six foot four and what I found myself doing when somebody was having a shot, I was going down early. And when I then went back to the big goal, when somebody was having a shot, I was, so it got me into bad habits. So just to try and stay up and stay big, enjoy it, stay up and stay big and just work with your players, just have fun really. Um, but I didn't used to like playing it because it got me into bad habits when I yeah. went back to the big goals. I was like going early. And, uh, it's a very, yeah. very different 
game. It is, isn't yeah. it, from 11 aside? Yeah, it's more of a blockage thing, and it's a slightly different technique as well. Yeah. yeah. I know we, we're a lot of our, uh, up and down the country, a lot of our leagues yeah. will play 11 aside as well, yeah. between other, other different yeah. leagues will play. And it's like a different, completely different game, isn't it? Massive. It is. You get yeah. some players who are brilliant five-a-side players, and you put them in a game, and you don't see them. You know, yeah. a proper match. It's like goalkeepers. Some are suited to fight, you know, especially if they're a bit smaller. They're probably more of an advantage because they can get down a bit quicker. Yeah. Um, so it swings and roundabouts, really. But, you know, if you're working with your, your back two or whatever it is and they don't let anybody have a shot, you're all right. You're all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, make sure yeah. you get a couple of decent sets yeah. in front of you. Yeah. yeah, that's probably the best tip of all, getting a decent team. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Alex. That's been absolutely incredible. Oh, brilliant. Really it's fantastic you that you've come down, obviously, yeah. and, and represented City in the community today yeah. and seeing what we do and what yeah. we're all about and, and whatnot. So it's great to yeah. be chat to you. Well, it's really important. I think the message you're trying to get over today is great. I think, in particular, men, they don't want to sort of address things like this or any health issues for that matter. So yeah. it's very important. We all do what we can to try and get men talking and, and try and get them in that fitness thing. I mean, we here at the club about four years ago started a healthy eating. Uh, the club provided us with breakfast and lunch. Uh, and it's all this really, really healthy stuff. It's coincided with me trying to hit the gym twice a week. So I've probably lost personally about a stone in weight over the last two years. It's, I've not yeah. done it straight away. It's taken me two years. And I don't go in the gym now to get fit. It's to maintain what I am because... <laughs> yeah. I think it's quite important if I'm travelling around the world and we're talking about healthy eating, staying fit, that we practice what we preach, yeah, yeah. basically. So, um, yeah. you know, it's, it's a good thing all around for everybody. Good. If anybody wants to come and check out City in the Community, yeah. what what website should it be? Um, we're on the club website. Just go www.mcfc.co.uk, um, click on CITC and all our information's on there. Contact details are on there. If they want to know more about it, drop me an email. My email details are on there. And we'll chat to anybody and let you know what activities we've got on if people want to come down and join in. Uh, we do free football sessions for kids up to 14 years of age. We do all sorts. So just click on and get involved. I'm a governor for a primary school, so I might be tapping you up. <laughs> yeah, no trouble. Yeah, we, we, we hit virtually every primary school in Manchester. We do a lot in Stockport, Thameside. Yep. Starts going to Trafford. Uh, we're all, I was in a school the other week in Salford, Peel Hall, primary school, giving out awards with Andrew Burnham, the Manchester Lord Mayor. So I get a lot of players to all sorts. Perfect. Thank you very Fantastic. much. Fantastic. Thanks for coming on, Alex. Thank you. Cheers. I just wander around the pitch. It looks like there's um, some decent games going on at the moment. So I've just stopped uh, a chap here that's worked that's from the Solihull League. Is that right? Yes, Tudor Grange. Tudor Grange. I like it. So what's your um, actual team name at the moment? So we're called Racing Das FC. We play in the Tudor Grange League. We're a amalgamation of two of the teams over there. Hagen Das and Racing uh, Black Ander. Okay. I quite like the uh, just looking at your, your sponsor on the front. <laughs> calories. So yeah, Calories <laughs> instead of Carlsberg. I presume it's Carlsberg instead yeah, yeah. of Calories. I like Slight it. Slight rip-off, yes. <laughs> no, I quite like that. How are you doing today on the pitch? Doing really well. Two game, two wins. We were very tight in that last one. 4-0 up. 1-5-4. Four. Wow. <laughs> oh, that's decent though. That's, that's what you want. You want a bit of competitiveness, yeah. don't we? Yeah. That's quite good. So tell us about your actual journey. Why did you join my Fat? What, what kind of weight have you lost? Things like that. Yeah, so, so I joined. I've been five seasons now doing it. So um, I joined it because I sort of felt there was no real options out there for, for sort of weight loss and support of... And I really wanted to get back to football. So for me, getting back into sport, and this just came along, and I actually knew a couple of chaps who were sort of from the start, Ben Gallen yeah, yeah. Um, and his brother Andy. So they, they kind of had started their journeys and made huge progress. So I thought I'd like to join that. 
give it a go. And actually, five seasons on, sort of managed to do it, lose quite a bit, kept you know sticking it out. So so yeah, it's gone really well, and I've enjoyed all the tournaments as well. It's come along. Yeah, we've been walking around just asking a few people around what they thought about Man V Fat was the best thing, and quite a lot of it tends to come out as the the camaraderie between te your teammates, and it's that it seems to be the constant thing of you don't want to let your team down, and it, about if you come in and go, do you know what, lads, I've gone over my, I've gone over my starting weight. The, the camaraderie, I think, is the major point, right? So. So you can all do all the stuff, you can do all the dieting, you can do all the things, but unless you kind of got something that you don't want to let other people down on, that's purely the kind of main motivator. So, so to be fair, we had a mixed bag of teams. So our, our team didn't have any footballers per se. They were rugby players and they were various things. They came to lose weight. So we didn't have them vested in the football side, whereas half the other team were footballers who wanted to do the football side. So you had a really good balance of people pushing each other on both sides. So we ended up winning the Tudor Grange League for three seasons in a row Excellent, because yeah. of we had kind of big weight loss guys who were there just to do the weight loss and really enjoyed the kind of team bit. So, so I, I think it's about balance, right? So as long as you've got other people pushing you along, we, we really enjoyed that. Yeah, That's a big bit. So can you just describe to me the WhatsApp groups? That's where a real key player in terms of the playing part to getting the teams together. Now, can you just describe what it is that separates a general WhatsApp group that you might have maybe with your football friends or an, another group of friends to the, to the WhatsApp group you have in Man V Fat? <laughs> so the Man V Fat, I think, I think that the key difference is I suppose because you're all working towards that end of week goal, um, if you've got a blip in the week or you're feeling just, I've lost my motivation, right? So I might go down the chippy or I might do this, right? You pop a quick message out to say, chaps, I'm just struggling today. And suddenly you get a flood of kind of support. And that, and that really then makes you double think, right? And where you wouldn't have before. You know, my other, my other things would have been like, well, just go and do it, do what you want type of thing. Whereas these guys would be like, no, 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 think think about it, right? You can do alternatives, you can do this. Well, actually, go for it, right? But then your next two days, hit it hard, right? Forget about that one day, it's fine. So so I think that's the big difference with the WhatsApp group. Uh, to be fair, there's probably a lot of stuff that goes on WhatsApp group that we couldn't probably publicize <laughs> or share. That probably also engenders quite a lot of people. But um, yeah, we've got the secret whatsapp group that has various other things and then we've got the more broadcastable stuff so yeah i'd say that's a big bit so essentially you've got yourself an intimate support group really yeah. and i think it's how you choose to use it so so i think there's no pressure so in our team we don't we don't pressure anybody to have to contribute but if you want to it's there and actually there's you know there's a core of us who will be fairly frequent on there so then you just can tap in when you want to so there's no expectation i think what we've seen with a lot of other teams is either too much rigid expectation place and then they disengage um, which we don't. So, so ours is just kind of fluid, and then you sort of, sort of, you know, come along and then you just crack on with stuff, right? So you just, you just know what's going on more than anything. It is, um, it's a weird, weird concept for me sometimes when you, you're opening up to a group of guys. Probably same things to the other fat guys, which I, I can guess I can say, um, mm -hmm. that I probably wouldn't turn around to my mates that I go to the pub with, or you know, I, I can turn around and go, do you know what, lads? I'm really feeling disappointed about I've eaten a cream egg. Do you know what I mean? Or that yeah, kind yeah. of a thing where. If I said that to my mates, schoolmates and things like that, they'd just be like, what? Are you for real? But yeah, so it's, it's quite interesting to concept just to hear that from another league as well. It's really good. It's a different thing, isn't it? It's, I, I think it absolutely is a different network. I, I think the bit is, is as long as, I think again, it's how people choose to use it. So, so for some people, it's, it's a lifeline. It's actually is that thing where they've got an alternative route to speak to people. Whereas I'm not too fast, I'll tell anybody, you know, but, but, but equally I can just tap in. And also I like to be the support person. That's kind of just a natural default for me. So. For me to be able to do it through a WhatsApp group to just say, listen, mate, just just go and do this instead or catch up in this way. Or, you know, this is what I've done. Or just posting pictures of what you've eaten, right? Because some people just, it's inspiration, right? I don't know. I've got shit in my cupboard. I don't know what I'm going to make. There you go. There's a few ideas, you know, but like that. So so that's all the kind of stuff that, that really works for us. Excellent. No, that's great. Thank you very much. Just before we finish then, best player in your league on the pitch. 
Best player in our league on the pitch. Oh, my 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 bet would be Neil Holmes. Okay. I think he plays for us today. He's playing a centre back, but he's um just a good all rounder, sort of solid, good former. And he's um and he's lost the most weight in our league this season so far as well. So first first time we've had a balance of somebody who's a massive weight loss and also good footballer. So yeah, quite good. Well done, Neil. Yeah, indeed. Envious of those players. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks very much for coming on. Um. And just quickly, just mentioned there before about so you you are you like to you like to keep yourself not as the leader but kind of the the inspiration there that keeps the other the teams going because you don't want you don't see them your, your teammates slip. Mm. So what happens when you have that downtime? What happens when you're about to slip? Who is that person that, on that team that picks you back up that you look at when everyone's looking at you? Who do you look at? Yeah, so there's another there's another player on our team who's kind of like that, who kind of plays almost the fatherly figure. There's a chap called Dave Evans who who does most of that kind of gelling of the team. So he almost does the coordination bits as well. And he just he's the person who then I just message on the side and say, listen, you know, I, I've I've done this, and then it'll be then you know, he kind of does the the bit of coaching almost around you know how how you handling this and because he's done it consistently. We started together. We've been five seasons in together. You know, and he's he's pretty inspirational in terms of what he's done and weight loss and all that. So so you know, it, it kind of just helps having that one connection. So I don't mind being the sport because it's generally it's kind of part of job as well. <laughs> it's what I do for work. So, so did, did you know Dave beforehand? Or was it just a, a new oh, okay that was really good. Completely, then. completely new team. So none of us knew each other when we started and we just we just gelled as a team. And then we had, you know, we you always get that one, two, three inspirational guys who just so we had a guy who lost what, thirty five percent body weight in the first season and he's just powered on since, doesn't put anything back on. He's now gym, he's Properly ripped and all this. Yeah, it's very jealous. You know, you're kind of like too far. But he was, he was properly. When you see somebody really, really intensely engaged in it, right? So he said, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna nail this," and he has absolutely nailed it. So you can turn to those kind of guys and go, "Look, you can do it, right?" I've seen somebody. I know how they've done it. Um, whether I'm willing to commit to that kind of level of intensity and you know, he goes to gym three da- three days times a day. Yeah, all right. I, I ain't doing that, <laughs> right? But at least I can pick and choose, and I've got inspiration to draw on. So that's that's the big bit. Yeah, and I think I think you're right. There is is there is there's different ways of doing it. So like say that I, I think I lost some 29% in the first season, but I literally put my life on hold um, and stopped everything, no drinking or anything, no eating or well, yeah, but obviously really really well. Um, but I like that. I like that mentality that there's different ways of actually trying to lose your weight. Um, so no, that's really good. Thank you very much. That's all right. Thank you very much. Welcome back. So we just walked over to the far end of the the, the pictures now. Um, and I am joined by none other than Josh. Now, Josh is an avid podcast listener, so we have to found one, which is great. Um, Josh, what part, what, uh, what league do you play for, firstly? Oxford. Down in Oxford. And what is your team name down in Oxford? Uh, Frylight Green Tomatoes. That's what we call the team back home, but the team that we come with are Oxford Spartans. So, back home it's Frylight Green Tomatoes. Yeah. And the one you've come today with is... Oxford Spartans. Oxford Spartans. How do you think about them names, Ross? Um, the first one was quite a mouthful. Uh, Oxford Spartans. I like the battling the name of that. That's quite good. So tell us about yourself. What um, what made you join join my Man V Fat? Uh, how much weight have you lost? Things like that. Um, so uh, I just joined Man V Fat really just because I've put on a lot of weight and um, I was looking for a way to do it. I tried Weight Watchers. I lost a bit of weight on that and then I put it back on again. Um, so I kind of wanted to try something that works and, you know, you've got man be fat, you've got the motivation on the pitch as well as off the pitch and, you know, you've got the sort of um, account, accountability. So, yeah, really, that's kind of why. And, you know, I've been doing it a year and a half and really enjoying it. So how much weight have you lost in that time then? Um, three and a half stone, um, but then I've just been on holiday, so I put a bit more back on. But at the moment, I'm probably about three. 
Yeah, probably about three down from when I started, yeah. We have a saying up north, don't you? When, when you're on holiday, you're on holiday, you've earned it, you've saved up for it, you go and enjoy it. Yeah, you're definitely allowed your breaks. You've got to have your breaks, definitely. Um, so how are you getting on today on the pitch in the league? Well, there's certainly room for improvement. Um, we've uh, drawn one and lost one. Um, yeah, but um, just about to go up again now and we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> So when you say you get uh, going back to when you say you get support on and off the pitch, mm. which one do you find more beneficial for yourself? Uh, off the pitch, 100%. <laughs> um, yeah, um, obviously the um, the weight loss goals mean a lot, and I'm not I'm probably not the best of footballers. So uh, yeah, I think I can contribute a lot more off the pitch, and I feel like I'm doing well. I was just laughing at one of his mates pulling his shorts down. That's what made me chuckle. <laughs> yeah, I noticed him. One of his teammates just come and tried to debag him because he's on camera and not on a podcast. So he didn't really think about that one, did he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think you've said enough about that, to be honest. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. So what is the level of losing weight down in your league? How, how competitive is it? Because talking around a lot of people um, on this podcast... They've not mentioned too much about the football, yeah. Um, but the level intensity of the losing weight, how much goes into that, and how much across your league is it really kind of covered? Yeah, um, I mean it's quite a competitive thing because, like I say, you earn a lot of points off the pitch for the um, the weight loss. Um, I think the people who are up there fighting for the top score are really kind of go out go out against each other um, in a good way. Obviously, they're not. Yeah, um, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean, uh, Jake, who plays with us, he's, um, he's saying that he's fighting for it at the moment. So um, we've only been playing it for a few weeks, but he's saying, right, that's it. I'm, I'm going for top scorer, so I'm not going to let it go. Whereas I think towards the end of the season, last season, when you have a bad league, the people are a bit like, oh, you know, but when, when you're right up there, we all, we all go for it. And you can see how much it's dropping off people like. People mention it, and then you see them from the start. Like I saw some photos of um, a couple of the lads from St George's, um, Ash, who plays in our league. You look at the before photo, you look at the after photo, and you think, nearly lost the whole person. <laughs> I was going to ask you, what's your kind of... So when you obviously you've gone through and you, you're losing your weight, you've lost three stone or three and a half stone. Yeah. Um, what was your biggest kind of um, struggle with it? Was it food-wise, or was it anything on top of it? Or... Um... Yeah, it probably is more the food, to be honest. I mean, I've, I've kind of got the motivation to do some exercise. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's more once once I'm off it, I just I go for it big time. I will eat everything that's in the cupboard. Once I lose track, I lose track. But once I'm on it, I'm on it. It's just making sure I keep that concentration and just stick on it, really, yeah. Yeah, so that's, I'm a bit like that, a bit more of a switch than a dial. So I'm either on it or I'm off it. I, I haven't got that in-between piece. But yeah, no, that's about, that's about me. So when you say before, at the beginning, um, you said, you know, you've tried other things to lose weight, um, you found man be fat, it works for you. Yeah. Why? I don't really know. I think it's just because you've got kind of a camaraderie with the teams, you know, everyone's sort of in it together. Whereas, um, you know, if I was doing something that's more sort of individual, like Weight Watchers or whatever I'm doing, it's kind of like if I'm letting people down, then I'm only letting myself down and I can kind of do it in secret. Whereas I think if you do it for the lads, you're letting the whole team down and um yeah i think like i say you've got the camaraderie and you, you don't want to let anyone down like yeah like i say i obviously i don't want to let myself down but it's not it's not as important as if you're actually letting a group of 10 however many people down 
So, and when you say you've tried, so the difference. So you go to Weight Watchers or you do other things, and there's a method. This is how. This is their way of how to lose weight. This is the sin day, whatever day. Yeah. Did you find it a shock when you came to Man Be Fat and they was like, right, lose weight, go. There's nothing there. Go, 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 and find out to lose weight. Yeah. Um. I mean, I think there is a support on there. Um. You know, I check out the forums. Um. You know, there, there is a there's some support from Man Be Fat, but when you actually turn up to the games, I know what you mean. It's kind of like you turn up and then it's. Yeah, you either lose weight or you don't sort of thing. But I think that's good that people could do it in their own way, whereas you don't feel as restricted if you're doing something like Weight Watchers or Slimming World because they say you can't eat this, you can't eat that, whereas Man V Fat's just buy what you want, do what you want, just lose weight in your own way, really. And you think it's that restriction that's probably fundamental to, to fat men yeah. that is easy on the transition between losing weight and then maintaining weight in terms of a balanced, healthy lifestyle? Yeah, 100%, because like I say, when I go for it, I go for it. So if I'm on something that restricts it, as soon as I go near McDonald's or whatever, and I feel like, oh, I'll just have a cheeseburger, you get to the drive-thru and you're like, right, I'll have a cheeseburger, I'll have a Big Mac, I'll have a chicken mayo and some, you know, cheese bites and 20 chicken nuggets <laughs> or, you know, whatever. But, you know, and so, yeah, I mean, I think that's what it is, is once I know I've got that freedom, I, I don't stop and I've got no filter when it comes to food if I'm, if I'm falling off the wagon. Well, if you're rather than that, you've just got your teammates in the back seat thinking yeah. of them going, what are you eating for that for? What yeah. are you eating that for? Don't yeah. order that. Don't order that. You're letting them down, which is a good, healthy kind of attitude to have. Everyone knows the, the calories on the drive back to home from the drive-thru don't count. <laughs> you can have a two cheeseburgers. They're not real. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it looks like it's been made out of Lego. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, after the game, that's kind of when, you know, if I am going to treat myself, and it's always going to be on the Monday after the game. But, um, no, I mean... Whenever, if we are together and then we see each other eating something and we do say, you know, why are you buying that for, you fat? It, words that you cannot say on the pod. <laughs> you know, we friendly banter. Well, quickly, I think the whistle's gone on that game, so we're going to have to let you go. Yeah. Well, thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Good luck. Likewise. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks. Um, hello and welcome back again. So we're, we've just sat down at a table um, just with a couple of different guys here. Some voices you might recognise. I think we'll recognise this person. Matthew from uh, the Cardiff. I was on your podcast about two, three weeks ago. I think episode 25. Episode 25, that's right, yeah. And how many people have you had uh, come up to you today uh, saying uh, they've listened to your podcast? Uh, I've actually had 11, 11 <laughs> so far with about, what, what have we got, 800, so what's that? We've got a few more to go, but man, I do feel famous. It's nice, it is nice. <laughs> and uh, who have you got with you? I have my staff member and compadre, Dave Quinn, who is a... Uh, an avid staff member down in Cardiff. Pleasure to be here. Obviously, a long time fan of the podcast, and uh, yeah, couldn't, couldn't miss up this opportunity on a big day like this to uh, get involved. And uh, <laughs> yeah, he's been he's been badgering me, so yeah, I thought you know it. let's come and introduce him because Quinny's got a really interesting story. And uh, yeah, it's good it's good to kind of get a few of the Cardiff boys because as you know, we're the newest league compared to a lot of the guys. So it's good to kind of get them involved in the podcast and show them that the man be fat thing is not just about weight loss, it's about helping others. And then in turn, you pay it forward in a way, really, don't you? Yeah. And the pay it forward then grows and it grows and it grows. And then look, we're in a beautiful facility like this now and, and we're all kind of talking about our stories and it's really inspiring to hear other guys. And you know, as you said now, I just caught, uh, about a couple of minutes of the, of the story of the family you just had now. And again, I'm just like mind blown by, you know, their kind of perspective of, of Mabby Fat and what it's done for them. So, yeah, it's, awesome. It's, it's that ripple effect, isn't it? It yeah. just starts off with one person doing something. And you, like I just said, then I, I've never asked my children what they've thought of it, but I'm, I will do when I get home and find out what they're doing. So, 
firstly, thank you for coming all this way. To be fair, it's, I, I've done the drive myself, going the other way, so I know it's uh, quite interesting. Um, how was it? Everything all right? The drive fine? Did you come up last night? We did, yeah. We came up last night. Uh, oh, well, <laughs> half the team. We, we came up three teams. I was a designated driver. A uh, few drove uh, their own cars. We had two buses. Um, naturally, I wanted to take one bus, so I knew we were going to get this safe then. Because obviously, as you know, I'm teetotal for now while I hit maintenance. Yeah. Um, yeah, a few of the boys went out and, and uh, had a little sample of Manchester town. So there was a few he uh, sore heads this morning, but nothing uh, one of your fine fry-ups can sort out. So yeah, so it, yeah, it was good. It was a good journey, yeah, good laugh. Yeah, and, and again, it's good to kind of get to know the boys away from the Thursday. You know, our, our league is Thursday. So it's good to kind of get to know them socially, uh, you know, instead of just the weight loss side of things. So, so yeah. have you got um, a mixture of different teams from Cardiff? Have you, have you yes. got like a, a pulled the best players together? Well, it was... It's a, it's a taboo subject for, for, I'm sure many leagues are the same. You know, what you do, do you come up here and, and sort of bring three teams and mix them up? You know, on the flip side of it, you kind of think, oh, well, you know, maybe we've got a chance of winning it. And, uh, being a member of, of the Manby Fat Chat and, and that sort of thing, a lot of teams were very ambitious. A lot of teams are thinking, oh, yeah, yeah, let's go up here to win. So naturally, a few of the boys kind of commented and said, some of us are going for fun, some of us are going for the experience, some of us want to win. So we kind of com com you know, combined a lot of them and then just thought, so have fun, let's see what happens, let's go up here, let's enjoy it. So how, how is it going today? How's the games going? Well, our Welsh team, we kicked off against, I believe it was, was Newcastle, who were a very physical team. I've actually still got a bruise on my knee as we speak. Um, yeah, we won 5-2. The second game, we actually had our, uh, our real ends handed to us. So it, it was good because we were one of the teams, you know, we kind of thought, we're not a bad little outfit, you know, we, you know a couple of us are on maintenance now, so we kind of fancied our chances, so we got a bit of a tonking against, I believe it was, Strood, so that kind of made us realise that, hey, hang on a minute, we have got to work out here, so it changed the mindset, and again, it comes back to Mammy Fat, with your mindset, you get used to kind of thinking about how you, how you approach things, how you, yeah, and that's it, so we have fun, fun as well, it was, it was a fun loss, if that makes sense, because yeah, yeah. we had fun playing football, job done. So, Dave, just wanted to introduce you so you can have a bit of air time. <laughs> oh, this, is, this is what we have every week. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Tell, us, tell us about your, your transition. Why did you decide to join Man Fat? Why have you gone on to part, being part of the team? Um, so, I mean, obviously, as you can tell from, from my accent, this is, uh, this is actually my neck of the woods. Uh, I'm a Manchester boy, born and bred. Um, I ended up down in, down in Wales when I went to uni and... Uh, Met me, met my good lady wife, and ended up staying down there. Um, and I've always sort of struggled with my mate for years. And I think what it's the same story that we hear with a lot of lot of the guys from not just our league, but with a lot of leagues. And you find you, you get into that spiral when you you hit with mental health issues, and you, it's the same story. You, you it turn to to the binge eating, and it's a, a, a downward spiral, and then. I remember being at being at work one day and my wife texted me and she said, oh, I've just I've seen this thing on I think it was BBC News or something. She said, uh, oh, that, that might have been me on the telly yeah, there then. <laughs> um, I remember her saying there's this this there's this weight loss league for, for big men, but it's it's football as well. because I think she was sick of hearing me saying like oh, I just wish I could play football because I did I used to play quite a lot and like oh, like a lot of our guys played to a decent ish level, picked up the injuries because of the weight I was putting on. Um, and I was sort of jumped at the chance, but again, because of the location we were at, it was always a planned league. We never got near the numbers, so it kind of then became a passion project for me. And then I think 
this is where a lot of anyone who knows me from our league will know. I am very well known in our league for being a moaner. If there's something that can be done, I will complain and moan and annoy everyone until it gets done. Um, and that's exactly what I did when it came to getting our league set up. There was the initial thing of we had to hit our minimum numbers and then it was, well, there's enough passion. We had our lads coming on a, on a Sunday night just to kick about to get together. And it's like, right, we'll, we'll fight to get this, this league going because it's just such such a fantastic thing and there was no way I saw seeing from talking on the forum the difference it was making for everyone's lives and I thought we need that I want that so we fought for it we got the Cardiff League going we got our four teams we had a fantastic first two seasons and it's just it, it just changed my life and it's like when when Maxi joined he's, he was our, our our shining star for the first season you saw exactly what what this not a program but how it should be and if you put your mind to it with support that you can get what can happen and that's when obviously it came out about how you can get the play facilitator roles and stuff and I was like do you know what that's what I want because for me it's the help that was given to me by our coaches and Man V Fight in general I wanted to start paying that forward to the, the lads in our league and the lads of South Wales in general. So that's when we wanted to get involved and then that's when we, as a staff team in Cardiff, we we decided then we were ramping it up and we had a massive explosion then. To, we doubled up in two, three weeks, was it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it was madness. Yeah. There was a lot of <laughs> late nights of how we can do it and a lot of emails yeah do you know um, do you know roughly how much weight the Cardiff League's lost or anything like that along it's probably a bit of a difficult question when you just come off a football pitch <laughs> I believe we were just Naz posted a few weeks ago saying no in fact end of the season it was £1,100 we'd actually got by the end of the season it was a huge loss last season yeah. And it's carrying yeah. pounds. Yeah. Well. It's, yeah, it's madness. Yeah, it is. That is amazing. Yeah, it's rubbing off. Funny enough, just, just hitting on that topic, I don't want to kind of blow smoke up my own beer, but a lad, Dan his name was, don't know him very well. He, he, he actually texted me, still got a message. He said, Matt, I just want to take this opportunity to say thank you for hounding me to join Man Be Fat. Never met the guy, never really knew him. And I was like, what do you mean? He said, well, do you remember when you were going through that promotional stage, which you were, the staff were all kind of pushing to expand? He said, you must have contacted me four or five times. And with me working nights, I'm naturally going to... I was contacting people through social media at night, so their phones were buzzing. And he said, I am one week from hitting maintenance in one season, he'd said. He's been here. Just over the season, because we're now in week six, week seven, the season full. So, yeah. And he went, I just want to say thank you, mate. You know, you, you've been inspirational. I, I tell you what, I, as corny as this sounds, I was like, my work is done. That is what I... You know, I, I've done my kind of weight thing now. That's great. You know, I want to now do this for the other guys. And... For him, right, as I said, because we play for different teams and sometimes you get caught in the crossfire where some lads only turn up for their games and then maybe stay for five then go because they work or whatever, naturally. And he dropped me a message and was just like really sort of thankful. And it was so nice to have that because that's, that's what it's about really in the end of the day, you know. Well, we go through, we pass it on and it grows and grows and grows. Amazing. So, so nice. It's, just, it's like a... It's almost like a brotherhood, and yeah. as again, you don't want to sound corny. I feel like 
with stuff like this whenever because I think not only my family but all my friends are sick of hearing me talking about my V5. I think it's just become my entire life. Yeah. My wife's sick of seeing WhatsApp on my phone because all you'll hear at home is yeah. And I think it's even like today, there's people I've never met, but we've just got this one thing in common. And it's so fantastic. You can just come to a sports facility in the centre of Manchester, a load of fat blokes from around the country. We've got one thing in common. And you've got people shaking hands, hugging each other. And it's just such a joyful thing to see. And I think it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I, I think um, we, were, we were walking around before doing some, asking some guys some questions and things. And when the mic was off, we were just having a chat with just, just a general chit chat with one of the guys, just a random person, can be fair. And he actually said, he went, if you look across that field there, he said, look at all those overweight guys that are now actually stood up and playing football and running around. He said, we'd all be at home now watching the footy. He said, each and every one of us probably be sat with a beer, yeah. having a barbecue. Oh, well, not in this weather, but you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and eating the bad things, the wrong things and doing all that. So, yeah, it's, it's fantastic to see. It's really, really good. Rom? No, I'm just, I'm just, this is one of the uh, podcasts where I've just enjoyed just sitting and listening. One, one thing I was going to mention, because I was just talking to you, Rom, at the time as well, you, you were talking about your maintenance phase and everything like that, um, and one thing I think Rom's done really well is because you're, you must be, you're not, well, you were really close to your maintenance at one point, weren't you? Well, I think my, my maintenance by um, the averages is, I think, 81 kilograms, so I'm, I'm, what, 13 kilograms above that right now, so I was at 1.87. Well, that's an interesting topic, though, isn't it, because maintenance doesn't have to be your BMI your maintenance can be where you're happy with it doesn't have to be that oh I've got a number to hit you can you, I remember you, you just said to me on the drive up here you saw a picture from a while ago and you were looking ripped oh, uh, you, you did one of them typical mirror selfies I, I've not seen it yet though I really want to I'll, I'll, I'll dig it out for you but literally when I've it, it, it's what it, okay so what it is it's one of them things that when you've put on weight and you look back at a photo and it's going I remember you that trip and now this photo was a year ago, pretty much to the day, right? And whereas other times I would have ballooned, probably put two or three stone on. I've not even put a stone on. I've that's it's four stone. Uh, sorry, four kilograms lighter from a stone for the for the for the um, to the day. Um, and year on year, from January to January, I weighed less. So looking back at that, I've, I've known where I know where I can get but I know that I've not gone too far, but I've now hit the, the stride where I've gone, yeah, I'm only, I'm only 4K away. Yeah. I'm only 4K away from that. Let's get back to it. You're almost like you're in control of it, in so to speak, because like you, funny enough, you just hit on something I've been related to, as you know, I've hit maintenance, but my actual comfortable weight is a kilogram over maintenance. So I'm flirting between kind of that one kilogram of, of so half a kilogram over maintenance, half a kilogram under. Funny enough, the last month I have weighed exactly the same weight, and I've stuck to the same diary, uh, same diet, sorry, same exercise, and it's literally just been the same. So it literally has maintained for me, which is which is quite good. So, and what I do know is two of the lads have actually adopted my diet, which I've actually passed on to them, and they've just saying, you know, well, the weight is coming off. Uh, so again, you know, it's, it's great, like. It's great. He's going to start selling it online in the next couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Nazmax. All right. Stop, yeah, yeah. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. Since uh, interviewing uh, Nats, um, following him on Facebook, what an absolute legend that man is. And yeah. I didn't realise until you mentioned it, and then we interviewed him, and now following him, he does not stop. He yeah. lives, he breathes, he, he, 
it's just it's not about um, diet or anything. it's just a current lifestyle you do and you don't so he's actively and he's not projecting it he's not preaching it he's telling it like it is and it's 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 actually a breath of fresh air to see another um, industry standard person not giving you the BS not saying follow me I'm amazing I'm just saying no this is how it is so, exactly, yeah. Well, like I said, it's, it's black and white with Nance. You know, he'll say, this is where you're going wrong, this is where you're going right. And as you know, on the on the telly, we hear all these adverts and you can do this, and, and if you follow this, and if you buy this, Nas hates them. If you say, oh, Nas, I'm test, he'll go, right, go away from me. I've had this, I'll talk to you in five. And then he'll g- give it to you. He gives it to you straight, doesn't he? Yeah, and one, one thing that we are so, so lucky with, obviously with him being our lead coach, and I think he'll be the first to admit of how guilty he is with this, is that he, he never stops. He cares so much about every single bloke in our league. Yeah. I know that's not to say, obviously, that the rest of the coaches don't, but he will. he's so guilty of never switching off. He will. I don't think he'll ever be happy until Everyone. every single person probably in the world is, <laughs> is living yeah. the healthiest life that they can. Yeah. And obviously, I think we've, like we say, we've, we've, yeah, sh- we've, we've really we, yeah, we I don't think I've it. ever... I mean, I've, I've can write the yeah. recite the book of every cliche diet and every crash diet that I've tried in the past, and it's worked for a month. And uh, I've gone and ballooned, but I'm getting to the point now where I'm, I'm not just consistently losing weight, but I'm starting to hit those targets, hit the, like get those five percent. Starting to see it's like when we come here today and got the commemorative T-shirt, I held it up and I was like, actually, for the first time in my life. I've made a mistake. I probably should have ordered the size below. And I'm thinking, this I can't believe this has actually happened. And my, like, my wife said to me, and she said, "Yeah, you you probably should have." And I'm thinking, just just having that moment to be gobsmacked and be like, "What? Well, I can't believe I'm actually finally making process pro, like progress for once." And it's it's just, it's just madness. And it's kind of get get those little starting to get those little moments now where you feel tears behind you think oh my god I can't it's actually happening and then just to have everyone here to share it with as well yeah it is, it is about, the, about the milestones definitely so just going into more of a, a proper podcast kind of question um, what was uh, I remember going through your journey and you were talking about when you broke your leg and everything but did you ever did you ever have that moment where you went god I am fat what would did, did you have that um, that Ross Hunter moment. <laughs> We've all had that. We must have had that. You ever, is it not? It can't just be me when you've, you've gone right. Okay, now now's my time. Yeah. Well, funny. I remember it quite well. I remember playing a football match, a Sunday league football match, and I was up against a whippersnapper, sort of footballer. You can see a little bit about him. I remember looking at him, thinking, "Cool, I was like that. I was like that once." And he plays. I remember he went past me, and I thought, "Jesus!" Five, six years ago, I'd been all over you, and he made me look like a right lemon, and I was embarrassed for myself. And I actually, you know what it's like with banter and, and football in the change room after. A couple of the boys mentioned, Cor, you know, you, you've got skins. I remember thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, in deep inside, I was thinking, man, that hurts. That's really, that severely hurts. And uh, as I said, like, like Dave, I, I came across the advert on social media. And I remember reading, as I said to uh, Roman in my podcast, I read the first line, I was sold. Because it was, I've lived and breathed football. I don't make any, any allowances for it. I've been playing for 30 years now. It's all I know. If I'm not at home watching telly with my family, I'm playing football and, and, and I'm in work. And that's my life now, and that's how I like it. Um, so, yeah, go back to that. Uh, I, was, I was sold, and as I said, I, I haven't looked back since. And, yeah, brilliant. What about yourself, Dave? Um, 
I think probably one of my my moment when I've sort of thought this is where I've got to start making a difference now was probably when me and my wife were getting married and getting looking at wedding suits and I think it was that moment where you're thinking just looking around and it was literally one I think it was one shop where we could actually rent a suit that would fit and I was in there with my my, my best man and my cousin and we were getting measured up and it was literally it was just one or two options I remember being stunned in the changing rooms with the, the mirror and just looking at myself and just thinking Jeez, look at just look at Steve just a car carrying on like this and I was just even on the wedding day I was thinking just looking at my wife and thinking you deserve so much better these are the pictures we're going to be looking at for the rest of our life and thinking I spent two, a good two years before this saying yeah we're going to get on the wedding diet now it's this and then like I say it's always it's always tomorrow and then that was it and obviously Man V Fat came around the right time just then and then since then it's it's always it'll be never again never again will I look at myself like that and every day every day when I look at myself I'm thinking I, I feel so much better my self esteem's gone up my mental health so much better and I'm like I say forever trying to pay that forward to everyone else now for for the help that I get it's like like Maxi, Stan and Naz and the rest of our staff team anytime that I ever have a problem I go straight to them guys and they're always there for me and I think, I think that's one thing that's great about Man V Fat as well is is it's not just the coaches that you can go to. You can go to somebody, you you, uh, you join up on your own, you don't know anyone, and within a season you, you can be messaging them and going, guy, do you know what, guy, I'm, I'm feeling like shit at the moment. Can, can anyone just, what can I do? I need to pull myself out of this. And and everybody in all the leagues as we're walking around are saying the same thing. It's the group of lads that they're playing with. Loads of guys signing up on their own. Um, but it's them that they're doing it for. You don't really hear about people saying, oh, I'm doing it for myself. It's, I'm, I'm not, no, I'm not going to let my lads down. I'm going to make sure that I've actually, I've, put, I've lost weight this week and things like that. So I love it. I love the concept. I think it's fantastic. I mean, when you, when you do have those dip days as well, it's not like you're getting that kind of uh, predetermined uh, word for word thing that you'd get from maybe somebody in a, in a different kind of organisation that said, oh, well, when someone comes up to you and says they're struggling, well, this is what to say to them. Well, we've, we've not got that. We've got lads supporting each other in a WhatsApp group saying, right, we're not going to tell you to man up because that's a wrong thing to say, ever, to a man. Never say man up to a man, ever, right? You, you, you say, right, listen, where, where are you going wrong? What, what do you think you're doing? And then open up. And it is the case where every single lad on that WhatsApp is listening to you about your struggles is when that's when you feel determined to do it for yourself. And, uh, and going through your low points, have you felt the same? Have you felt that um, there's been there's been sections in your in your um, it doesn't have to be uh, with man v fat. It can be pre pre man versus fat where you've cried out for help and you've either got it or you've not got it. Yeah, I think there's a lot of times where I've had that and you there's always I've never until recently I've never known anywhere to turn to and I think that's where I think that's why Man Fat has become such an important thing for me because it's just filled that void of having somewhere to go and having like you say someone to listen it's not even just having someone it's having 80 strangers that will always be there You're, you can have someone I find this a lot and I don't know whether it's the same for you Max but there'll be guys that you'll never speak to on a Thursday 
or you'll speak to you the odd time when you're playing against them. But if you ever have a problem and you put it into like the main chat, they'll they'll pop up and they'll send you a message and you think, do you know what? I never knew. Like we never speak, but now in like when I need when I need someone, you're there, and then you just it just every time it blows my mind. It really, really does, and I think that's why this thing, like I said, this thing of ours is just so so special. And I, I, yeah. Has anyone in your WhatsApp group ever ever said something on there that's really stuck with you? That's gone. That's that still that still hangs hangs now, and it's like I remember exactly when you said that, and that's. I've, 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 I've lived and learned and I've gone with that now is there anything that you really stood out um, I mean I've had a one time when one of the, one of the lads on my team really really struggled with a mental health crisis and his his instinctive thing was to reach out to us and I thought I was really really brave of him and I think I'd like to think that obviously it helped him. I mean, he, he obviously needed to get the professional help that he needed. But the fact that, again, we were, some, we were just a group of lads. We were just 10 lads that he'd known for, for six months or so, but to have the bravery to, to, to go to us and to say that, I think, was something that, that, that did resonate with me. And to think that, to know that if I ever, ever needed that, we'd never, ever be alone. Is something that has stuck with me, and I do think that if I ever, I, I've had those days where I have had those demons from the past combating mental health, and I just think I will always go to to the lads first, yeah. and just think I don't ever have to go through anything alone anymore. Yeah. That is what this thing is about. It's not just about the weight loss. It's not just about the football. It's about improving your life, and yeah, that's probably one thing for me. Mine, mine, quite simply, was from Naz, incidentally, and it was those two famous words of calorie deficit, and they still stick with me even today, because before Mammy Fat, I didn't ever let me thought of those words. Calorie to me was, was just eating. I never looked and paid attention to it, but once something I ate it, and Naz just went, if you want to lose weight, two words, calorie deficit. Don't think of anything else. Don't think about these diets. Don't think about these pills. Don't think about these shakes and all this and all that. Calorie deficit, and that simply sticks with me. We, we, we've, we've had that up north, haven't we? Uh... Ross, we, but we had a, an F in between that, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I thought the best piece of advice on our WhatsApp was don't trust Rom. I think that was the best one I've ever had. <laughs> Wait, when was that said? Oh, was that in the other group that you're not in? <laughs> um, so, what's if you obviously when you're going through this and you're going, you start it and you're going through, what's like the one food that you eat now that you would have never have thought about eating before? Ooh. That one, oh, oh, there could be a few, but um, eggs. I once consumed 146 oh eggs in a month, and so that's impressive, yeah. Uh, he's not, he's really, he's many, really not kidding. How many chickens do you have? Well, <laughs> I can my, just imagine your fast were stinking. Well, the, the beauty of it, they don't, and that's why my other half is quite happy filling up our trolley with, with eggs. 146 eggs is, I'm down to about a, between 100 and 110 now, but eggs in the morning, eggs in the afternoon, and then my, my evening meal, as you know, I don't eat after six, 
Um, yeah, normally has an egg on this somewhere as well. So, uh, yeah, that's, big for me. I'm sorry, I'm just working the maths. That's like nearly five a day. It is. Well, six a day. Six a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez. I, I remember seeing the pictures on the on WhatsApp when he was doing it, and he was like, it was like, how many how many eggs have you had today, Max? I remember it was hilarious. I remember that. That was funny. <laughs> That's 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 that really has stumped me. That I mean, it's that's absolutely fun. <laughs> is, is this the diet that you passed on to somebody else as well? Sadly, he didn't want to adopt the egg, so we kind of had to rejig it somewhat. But um, but that was at the beginning of Mammy Fat. As you know, Naz with the way he is, he's come in and fine-tuned my diet to, to suit me now. Because as you know. If, if you stick to the very same diet, your body will come accustomed to it. So naturally, you need to make those minor adjustments to, to accommodate your body, getting smaller, etc. So, so luckily, um, the egg intake has decreased somewhat, but I, I, I've grown to love them now, so I quite happy to have one. I actually was looking around earlier for an egg stall, but I couldn't <laughs> find one. So Should have got those. Get a gap in the market there, I think, yeah, next, 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 next time. Yes. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, but no, I think protein by protein by fat content. I think it, that's uh, the quickest fast food option, isn't it? An egg. I have been known to purchase the odd spinach and egg um, little pots. They're, they're quite nice. I, I quite like them. So, what would yours, Dave? I don't know to be honest. Um, <laughs> trying to think now. Um, trying to think what the missus is trying to force me to eat a lot, lot more of. Um, so, I'm, no, I'm, do you know what, I'm really, really, like, anal about what I eat. Like, I have a really bad habit of, like, I'll eat the same thing constantly. Um, so I go through phases of eating the same thing a lot. But um, So what are you eating now? I'm going through a phase in a minute. I eat, I'm just eating burgers a lot in a minute, which is really weird. So, like... My, what was my last phase? So I had burgers quite a lot, and then see, I can't think. I have memory thing. I have memory thing. I've just bought a burger press on Amazon Prime this weekend, so I might be having a quick burger tonight. Someone's just burger press Amazon Prime. I think that's what she was cheering for. To be fair, <laughs> well, that's it. Though you get you get a cheer when you uh, go on Amazon Prime and get it. Uh, but you have to go, gentlemen. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you, buddy. Nice to speak to me. Thank you. And, and when they said they had to go, they've literally got up and gone. Uh, that, that's not really happened to me before. Feels like I'm on a date. And they've, just, they've just left us, haven't they? Are we, are we, do we have to pay for this bill, Ross? What's going on here now? At least we'll have loads of eggs to eat. Check, please. <laughs> So that wraps it up for episode 27 of Man V Fat Podcast. Both myself and Ross would like to thank all the players who spoke to us today and special thanks to Alex Williams who took time out for a sit down showing his support towards Man V Fat Football. Stay tuned for episode 28, part 2 of the Festival Podcast where we talk to more players and have a sit down with another special guest, Liverpool legend Mark Lawrenson. Thanks for listening guys.